Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova, a podcast where I interview comedians about their day jobs. We are here. Happy Monday. Maybe it's a Tuesday for you. You know what? Maybe even a Wednesday. Who knows? But you're listening, which is awesome. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Truly, truly. Um, wow, we have a really, really great episode. I'm just going to kind of get into it. Um, enough of this frill, you know, let's just get right to it, people. Time is money and stuff. Um, okay, so this week we have a really great guest, uh, the one and only Woody Fu. You know him, you love him. He is an actor and a writer and a comic living in Brooklyn. Um, you have seen him pretty much everywhere. He performs regularly at UCB. He's on The Mod Night. He's on The Characters Welcome. He performs with Rumpel Teaser. He has uh, been a cast member for Boom Chicago and Amsterdam. He's been featured in Vulture, Comedy Central, Amazon, TBS, The New York Times. I mean, Jesus, he's been everywhere. And he also wrote and performed in a one-man show uh, called Asian Gracefully, which toured in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Toronto. Um, He's just, you know, he's doing it all. He also had another one-man show, Too Many Asians, which had a long run in both UCB and LA. So uh, UCB, New York, and LA is what I meant to say. Cute. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, in this episode, this is what we talk about ready this is a little summary for you um to get you pumped so first thing is we talk about his life in new york as a wait for it professional dj i shit you not woody was a professional dj and like played all these amazing venues and like that was his main source of income for a while which is amazing which also makes sense because he's like such a creative person and then we talk about um how he got fired from a job at sony where he had a corner office and made like 90k a year and then all of a sudden got fired whoa big step but ended up being a good step and then um we talked about living in amsterdam for a year to do comedy and then we sort of talk about his philosophy on how to get through the scaries and like the harder moments and what are some helpful tips there that he has learned from others that he is passing down to us so folks without further ado woody foo lol i don't have a day job i do this all i, I, I i'm um basically all right I had a day job for a very long time. Uh, I had multiple day jobs. I cycled through many things. I, when I first moved to New York, I was a DJ, and I worked in a record That's store. Mm-hmm. Turntable Lab in the East Village. What? Uh, I DJed for many years, collected records, big record nerd. Uh, then I got into video production. I worked for MTV for about five years. No big deal. Uh, NBD. And then I worked uh, for Sony Music as a post-production coordinator and editor for a couple years. What? Editor doing what? Um, I would... This was like... so, for example, if there was an Adele DVD that came out, uh, then I would take the footage, like the finished D- the live concert, and then cut like a 30-second like promo spot for it. And cool. then I'd have to like f- find a voiceover actor and then like coordinate that with the label and be like, so I'd like hear like a bunch of people be like, Adele, <laughs> like Royal <laughs> Albert Hall singing her smash hits. You know, um, and and like hear a bunch of people do that and then send it over to the label. And the funniest thing uh, that I remember from that experience was that uh, a Sony music artist, one of the Sony music recording artists is a band called Incubus. Heard of them? Oh, oh my God. Fucking yeah. Fucking Incubus. Fucking and, Incubus. Um, so I heard this non-union guy. There was one set of copy that this non-union guy had to do. And, and literally the word Incubus was in the copy like a hundred times. <laughs> so I cut out all of the words that weren't Incubus. And like it, it ended up with like the 20 second track was just this guy going like Incubus. Incubus, 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 incubus. That is a nut slash. I want to hear that. Um, that was my that was my last corporate job because uh, then I got a job in Amsterdam doing comedy. What? in twenty fifteen? You it's, didn't know this? No. Uh, I, there's a comedy theater in Amsterdam called Boom Chicago, uh, and they do English comedy for. Um, for tourists, basically. Oh my um, god! And so I was there, living there for a year, work and doing comedy there every night. And then when I came back in 2016, I was like, I want to just 
do this. So I, I'm not I'm not doing any day jobs. I don't have enough energy or time to like do two things. I'm only smart enough to do one thing at a time. So I'm only going to focus on like trying to make it as an actor and a writer. Wow. First of all, you're smart enough to do all the things. Second of all, I literally have to ask you about how you transitioned from being a editor at Sony to then for living in Amsterdam and doing mm-hmm. comedy like how did that happen well that was I was already doing a bunch of comedy at that point. like I was doing okay. a lot of improv at the magnet and I was like taking classes at UCB and just like generally like doing comedy in like a this is fun but I'm too scared to actually do it sort of way okay and when did you start that that I probably started in like 2008 okay I want to say when when you had which job was when that I was the at when I was at MTV, MTV. slash Sony crossover okay. period yeah okay. so I was already doing a lot of improv in general but it was just like casual sure and um and then someone the person who was casting for Boom Chicago knew someone at the Magnet okay and was coming to New York and she was like I'm holding auditions like recommend some people so I was on that list and then so I did this audition and then got it from that. Very cool. Um, and so, yeah. So then from 2015 to 2016, I was in Amsterdam. Wow. Okay. Um, and what got you even intrigued to do improv when you came to New York to be a DJ? And then you were like, and then you were working at MTV? Yeah. Like, what was the, what was like the appeal there? Well, I always wanted to do it. It's um, like when I was in college, I went to Wesleyan. Shout outs. Shout out to Wesleyan. Shout out to Wesleyan. <laughs> Doug Bennett, the president <laughs> at the time, no longer. And... Um, yeah, bu- 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 uh, there was an improv group there, which I was not funny enough to get on. No. Uh, They're called Gag Reflex. Well, look- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well. At, at the time, I thought they were right. gods among men, but looking back out, I'm like, oh, they're like 18-year-olds. <laughs> they're like a bunch <laughs> of children. Um, but uh, uh, they, they, they were one of the people in Gag Reflex got a, organized a like festival, a mini festival, where they had like, uh, troops from neighboring colleges, but then they had the UCB headline, oh. the original UCB four. Ah. So they came and like did like an hour. Well, they basically did like an ASCAT or like a Herald or whatever. It was like the first long form improv I'd ever seen. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Oh my God. Blown away immediately. Yes. You're like, what is this? What this is, is cool. this? And then I, when I graduated, I moved, when I moved to New York, I did take classes at UCB back when it was like at its first location or one of the very early locations when it was at a strip club, <laughs> the, the remodel strip <laughs> club. And uh, even back then, just like in 2001, like literally Curtis Gwynn was in my 101. Whoa. And um, I uh, I liked it and then had like a show and it was like good. And then I felt like just like abruptly stopped for some reason. Interesting. Um, I feel I always regret that. I was, I was always like, oh, I should have just like done it, kept doing it because uh-huh. everyone who was doing it at that time and kept doing it like has a career in comedy now. Well, okay, but we all have our own journey, and you have a career career in comedy now, too. Um, but uh, curious, too, your time at Wesleyan, when you saw and you got inspired, like the origins of your inspiration for comedy, were you doing, like, creative stuff there, or what mm. were you studying? Uh, I was studying American Studies, okay, mm-hmm, okay, which sounds about. made up, because it is. <laughs> uh, literally, I like my classes, my, uh, my final papers were like, this is a 10-page paper, like, about... Um, uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> like Mrs. Doubtfire and Tootsie. Like, movie. This is like a ten-page paper about like cross-dressing uh, and the ways in which like gender and labor intersect. You know what I mean? Uh, it's very, it's very liberal arts. Very liberal arts. Sounds like a fucking blast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were you doing when you weren't like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we weren't writing a paper on Ferris Bueller? I well, I drew comics. That was the oh, a, that's awesome. the th- first thing I did. So I was like the editor of the school paper's comics section, cool. and I drew a lot of comics. Um, and that actually, when I left, col- when I graduated college, I was like, my original thing was like, I should want to become a comic artist. And then I realized I don't want to because uh, all my heroes at the time were like bitter, angry old white men. Interesting. So it was like Dan Klaus or like. Uh, Chris Ware, Evan Dorkin, uh, Peter Bag, uh, like a like a lot of like white men who like made their living like doing like autobiographical comics about like why the world is fucking sucks dick and like you know what I mean. <laughs> and at the time, I was very like yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah. But then like I was like wait, this just means I'm going to like spend all day long drawing by myself, mm. hating like coming up with more reasons to hate humanity. I was like I don't want to do this. A hundred percent. Um, uh, uh, and I started DJing in in college. A little bit in college, and then when I came, when I graduated, I was like, "This is, I'm, yeah, I'm all in on, on DJing." Now. Really? And mm-hmm. how'd you get into that? Uh, I think I don't know. I was always like a music nerd. I think I just 
wanted to do it. It was just one of those things I was like drawn to. Uh, you just taught yourself how to do it. Well, I was working at a at a record store at the time, and that oh, okay. was like a community of people who like really taught me how to DJ. I think it's also because I'm in general like a collector completionist person. Okay. So like, there's something about collecting records that satisfies like the baseball card comic book like that itch you know what i mean sure sure um and it was like creative it was it's also like a creative thing much like comic art where you are you're like an introverted public performer in a lot of ways 100 percent. you know like a dj is always like physically in the same space as the party and controlling the party but like completely removed and withdrawn from it interesting um is that how you would describe yourself like introverted and creative yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has evolved over time, but like, that's I I still like strongly identify introvert. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, for those of you who don't know, introvert is where you get your energy from. Um, <laughs> it's not um how you're perceived in the world. Okay, so just get that straight. There's I, there's this awesome um <laughs> profile with uh the New Yorker profile of Al Gore where they describe <laughs> introvert extrovert because Al Gore. The, the article says that Al Gore is an introvert, whereas a classic introvert, whereas Bill Clinton was a classic extrovert. And oh. like um, the way they described it is like if you go through a room and you meet 20 people for the first time, when you leave that room, are you like, I'm going home, I'm mm. going to sleep? Or you're like, let's fucking do this. Let's I'm party. charged. Yeah. I literally would fall asleep on the stoop. Yeah. Feel like I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, and same with you. You're I 100 percent. Yeah. Okay. But unless. But I mean, I'm sure you have this feeling, too, is like after a show. When you get like that show adrenaline, yeah, then it can go either way. It definitely can. It can either be like I'm on this high if it goes well, and if it doesn't, I literally feel <laughs> so shitty. Yeah. Well, because is that because you feel like you did badly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah. 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 Like the criticism kicks mm-hmm. in, and I'm like, that was shit. You are shit. Right. <laughs> because that was shit. That means you are shit. Yes. <laughs> go home. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes you. Yeah. That classic feeling. Classic feeling. Right. Right. Um. Cool. Okay. So you. So. What is so interesting to me is like you started off, so always a creative, it sounds like you're either drawing or you're DJing mm-hmm. or you're editing. Um, but this appeal to comedy is interesting to me, like that leap. Mm-hmm. Um, so what made you what made you take an improv class? You were oh, just like interested in there it? Was, yeah, I knew someone who was taking an improv class at the Magnet. This was like years after I stopped taking stuff at UCB. Okay. Um, the real reason I stopped doing stuff at UCB is because someone was a jerk to me and then I was like, I hate this community. Well, Awkward, awkward, awkward. <laughs> and then, but I and uh, I was not like able to like deal with it. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Because that my um, uh, the, the self esteem was razor razor thin, oh. very small, very small. I'm sorry. Um, and then years later, I saw my friend perform improv at the Magnet, which uh, you know, in 2001 didn't exist, but like later on did, and I saw them perform, and I was like, oh right, improv is great. I forgot that. It's great. I right. used to go to ASCAT all the time in like 2001 and like I hadn't done that for a long time. So like that relit the fire. And I think also there was part of me that always really secretly wanted to do it for real, but um, was too scared to for whatever reason. Okay. Um, but why that not like what made you stop being, I'm just so interested about this DJ stuff. I'm so sorry I'm harping on it, but mm-hmm. like, I'm li- like, what made you like, you taught yourself, you were interested in it. You're like, it scratched an itch. I thought it was interesting, but then you moved to a different city to like pursue it as a career the dj thing yeah or yeah well i well i'm from new york originally oh i'm not okay. from the city but i'm from new york right. state right 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 um so it wasn't crazy to for me to move to new york just because i was like after graduating i was like i guess this is what everyone does you just sure. go to new york and like try to do whatever uh, industry you're in um but you weren't like American studies. The degree I studied will be the. No, <laughs> I always knew that was horseshit. You knew it was horseshit. <laughs> I knew it was so horse you shit. knew like you were going to be a creative in some capacity. Yeah, and I had no idea. I mean, that most of my twenties was be basically being like, "What am I doing? What Hilarious. Am I doing? What am I doing? Got it. Um, that's strange. No the, one else has. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of an like. uncut gem in that way. <laughs> um, but the thing with DJing, the reason I stopped was because, similar to the comic book thing, I was like. Oh, if you want to make a career as a DJ, that means there's only really only a couple options. One is you become a producer, you become like Mark Ronson, you like mm-hmm. produce big records, or you are like a touring DJ for like Run the Jewels or something. You know, like <laughs> right. those. That's really it. Otherwise, you're like a 50 year old guy in the club staying up till like 4 a.m. DJing every every weekend. And that's I'm like, what's up, yo. That's not. Yeah, I was like, that's I don't. That doesn't feel like a sustainable career path for me. For sure. Were you were you gigging in New York? Like, did you? Is that how you were make your money? Yeah, I did wow. for a long time. I was uh, I was pulling like I used to work at like the W Hotel in Times Square. Oh my god! Where famously Genuine came to came to the club one time and what? came up to the booth and asked me to play Pony by Genuine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey man, can you fucking play my song yeah, really loud, please? Uh, it's called Pony, and it's gonna get. <laughs> it's called Pony. It's gonna get the hi- the posse <laughs> that I brought in here super hyped. <laughs> You're like, sure, dude. Yeah. Um. Holy shit! So you were like a famous DJ. I was not famous, but I I did like make money off of it. I you did made I was a sustainable off living off of it. Yeah. You taught yourself how to fucking DJ, and then you were successful enough to have that be your full time job. Yeah, but also, I mean, I was working at a record store with, like, a bunch of DJs all day long. And so, like, all we would do is talk shop and, like, practice. And, like, we were really, like, concerned about getting good. Like, this is is the early 2000s, so, like, scratching was a big thing. (laughs) Turntablism. The toy table? It's just, yeah, just like, like, the turntable is a musical instrument, not unlike the guitar. Scratch, 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 scratch. (laughs) Very nerdy shit. Um, But, yeah, yeah, that, it was, it was, it was because I was, like, in a group of people that were all very passionate, similar to like now, like doing comedy, like at UCB or whatever. Sure. It's like, you're with people who are all in the same, like, yeah, yeah. We all equally want this the same amount. Yeah. A bunch of little nerds that are like, is this good? Mm-hmm. Is this beat good? Mm-hmm. Uh, myself included. <laughs> yeah, <help us. laughs> um, cool. Oh, that's amazing. So you were like crushing it in the New York scene being like, what, 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 this is D- What was your DJ name? Oh my God. My DJ name was the wood man. <laughs> Which is literally a porno name. The Woodman. Literally a porno name. Oh my God, Woody. Okay, so you're like, ah, 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 The Woodman. I truly here. was. I truly was. Yeah. That is so funny. Can you keep up? But because I was an introvert, I never would get on the mic. 100%. I would just like play music and I would never be like, Yo, 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 yo. Like, <laughs> did you have like a preset track where like, Wood, wood, wood man, Wood, 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 I, wood I did man. find an old funk record called The Woodman and it would be like, Hey, yeah, I'm <laughs> The Woodman. He's The Woodman. And He's I would play it like if i made mixtapes i would like begin <laughs> it with that and then like play my set because i was like this is what djs do they have oh to, my god woody there's a whole other life about me you that's a whole other life and how many years were you doing that in new york like uh the uh, i was deep in it for five years but i continued djing like i started doing weddings because they pay really well sure i was doing all told my dj career probably lasted 10 15 years oh my ish. god yeah that's like a serious career so then what like what led you to work at MTV after that? That was oh okay so I was this was 2005 and I was like okay I um don't uh same I came to that place same place I came to with comics which is like okay what's what is the long form version of this career? Uh, yes, uh, yes. It doesn't look good to me. Um so I was like I need a big boy job and um there was a new there's a new MTV brand that came that they like they debuted called mtv chi which is mtv specifically for chinese americans <laughs> okay. and literally was on like direct tv really? channel one million and five Amazing. like nobody had it um <laughs> and we were like truly like the mighty ducks of like mtv channels like nobody gave a fuck about us you know what i mean yep, we, were, yep, yep. we were like this diversity initiative that no one gave a shit about and we <laughs> so for that reason we could do whatever and like i didn't know what i was doing so i basically just like learned production like by going out and like making every mistake you know wow um but that was yeah i did that for a couple years uh like basically learning how to shoot and edit holy shit yeah um did you when you were interviewing were they like cool like do you know how to do this stuff and you were like no but yeah i have none no idea (laughs) i'm a famous dj so hire me yeah yeah (laughs) i'm the woodman um (laughs) maybe you've heard of this mixtape that i made also i'm a turntablist scratch 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 scratch. it's like a guitar but uh different (laughs) you're familiar with guitars right (laughs) (laughs) let's start with a bass line you know guitars right well this is exactly like that it's a it's a turntable Oh my god! Okay. The early two thousands, man, was a hell of a time. I would have hell to be a fly on the wall. Truly, this is like insane to me. The early two thousands sucked, man. It was like <laughs> everybody. I would you would go to like Sway, that was like the club, the cool club, or like Max Fish, and then there would all be all these like hipsters who like, and the Strokes were really big, oh, sure, and like sure. all, all these people like trying to dress like from the seventies, but like miserable. Like mm. it was so bad, and like everyone is at twenty years old and just being like, oh, like I really like want to make it in like fashion. It's, Right. So bad. And you're well, did you ever feel like were you happy during that time or like were you like, oh, I'm kinda lonely? Because like also being a DJ is like you're it's just you up yeah. there. Like yeah. I, I think know. I think kind of I was happy only because when you're like in your early twenties, you're generally pretty like Yeah carefree, relatively speaking. Sure, sure, sure. Um you're not thinking like, Oh, I gotta get my prostate checked. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're like, not thinking about yeah, your prostate. You're like, I'm gonna you're YOLO not. so hard until I throw up into like a toilet bowl. Yes, shout out to puking. Shout out to YOLO. Ba, 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 ba. Shout out to YOLO. Shout out to Drake. 
<laughs> inventor of YOLO. Woodman. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, yeah, so that, that it was like, you know, it's just like, I mean, when you're in your early to mid 20s, it's just like, whatever, party, party, party. Like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you're just like living it. You're living life. Are you living at home at this time? I'm living, no, no, no. I've no. always, I've been living in, I lived in Brooklyn forever. Forever. So, gotcha. like, just BK. different parts of Brooklyn. Yeah. The BK land. BK, ah. BK to the fullest. BK to the fullest. BK Bing. to the fullest. Um, correct, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. BK to the fullest. Um, cool. So then, so then you're like, okay, you know what? I don't like the trajectory of this job. Maybe it's like you were like, okay, I'm getting a little tired of it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you apply to this MTV. MTV job, job mm-hmm. and they're like sure yeah you seem like you could do it you seem like um you would work for very cheap and also are Chinese <laughs> which is like because it was MTV for Chinese Americans it's the that's only you know right. what I mean that's it's right like, that's um, right um so that was my first big boy job that was your first big boy job yeah. um and family dynamics at this time were like are they happy or are they like oh like or is there any sort of pressure from they, your family to like with my family it was like as because my parents are like chinese immigrants yeah yeah um and so obviously their whole thing is like we want you to be happy slash succeed yeah. um and uh as honestly, as long as I was making money with whatever one of my like weird dilettante like things I was trying to do, like DJing or like being an editor or whatever, like even now when I'm like an actor, like uh, as long as like I was like making money, they'd be like, okay, I understand what this is. Great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's like if they don't understand DJing, they do understand that it paid me. <laughs> you know, and they understand so, the money. Component. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, I get that. So they weren't like you have to be a specific career or like we're, we're no. it was just like as long as you're supporting yourself financially, like you do you. At the end, yes, my mom is like super practical in that way. Cool. She's like just as long as you're like money is okay and you're like you have health insurance basically. Uh, cool. Great. Um, but now, of course, priorities are like you as long as you like are on track to giving us grandchildren <laughs> like as soon as goddamn possible. <laughs> different. 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 We're singing that song before. <laughs> Not in my 20s. <laughs> Hello. Um, that's hilarious. Do you get that? Do you, do you do you have like the the you what is this? What is this bullshit you're doing right now? Um, yeah, I mean no, I think my it's like yes and no. I think in the beginning my parents were both like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like my whole family, I think they were like comedy. But you were always on track for this, right? You were never like something else and then maybe this. No, I was definitely not on track for this. Mm-hmm. And then I was mm-hmm. <laughs> five years ago is when I was like, Oh, I wanna be like this thing. Um, but I yeah, no, I was like working in journalism and like mm-hmm. at like a like a news company or whatever Mm -hmm. broadcast news and was like gonna be a reporter kind of thing wow yeah and then um my and then i was like do you have a reporter voice um i mean like mean (laughs) like you do can you can you slip into like the report can you code switch into like reporter cadence (laughs) you know what i mean i actually love that as a sketch um (laughs) but i mean it's just very like hello and we were here and it's like (laughs) like i don't even know Mm -hmm. um but i was mostly behind the scenes anyway i was like doing producing stuff but Mm -hmm. like um yeah yeah i think there was there i think my family was like huh but then also they just wanted want me to be happy and like make sure i can support myself it's the same stuff but yeah um okay so so you go to mtv you do this you learn on the fly how to like get all these hard skills that take forever for someone to learn you're just like okay gonna learn it overnight to like it, it over the course of years, I learned it. It was really it took a long time because I made every mistake. You know, in production, it, I felt what I learned is that like production is just making every single mistake so that you're like, oh, I cannot make that mistake again because it costs so much time and effort. So much. I showed up to an interview once without camera batteries, and I literally went, <laughs> "Where's the nearest gun? Where is it? Because I need to use it." Yeah. I was like this, and like this person like couldn't reschedule. Like, like, this is like the one slot they had, and I literally went, "I can't turn the camera on." They're like, "There's a B and H across the street," and you're like, "No, where's the nearest gun?" No, I'm like the gun store. You fucking idiot! I'm like insulting the interviewee. I'm like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so you so you had to learn by like making all these mistakes. i learned by fucking up okay um and then uh built slowly built a reel um and then uh someone i knew who's working at this job at sony was leaving that job and was like hey do you want this job like i can recommend you for it Great. Uh, so i just like hopped over and that actually was when i did my first one of the biggest big boy things i've ever done which is <gasps> my my sister i called her up because she's like fully like type a professional okay. shit together okay. uh, older sibling and she was like i was like oh this i have the opportunity to like uh, uh uh i've never done this before like negotiate for more money Ooh. you know what i mean i was making like 
I, I think at MTV I was making like literally like fifty thousand yeah. a year maybe. That makes and sense. Then, Media companies pay like shit. Yeah, and then yeah. the Sony job, they were. I was like, I don't know what, but I could, but I, but I bet I could get like maybe even as much as like eighty. Yeah. And then my sister was like, ask for ninety. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, but they'll, they'll obviously like slam the door in my face and like say I'm an imposter. And she's like, no, this is how you negotiate. You take your number and then add to it and then have them bring you back down to what you originally wanted. Holy And I was tits. like, <laughs> oh my God, ask for 90. It's, it's like, oh my God. It was the most like alpha bro, like finance thing I, my sister's ever done. Your sister's a badass. She's I will fully, call her for mm-hmm. all my, yeah. Yeah. And I did, <laughs> I did ask for, I was like, okay. And then like, I talked to this guy on the phone. I'm sure I was like a blubbering mess because <laughs> I'd never like talked in this way about this before. Yeah. And like the guy was like, I was like, okay, it was uh, 90,000, you know, <laughs> and then maybe my sister's addiction. Yeah, I, sister I don't feel comfortable. I'm going for 90,000. And then the guy sort of paused for a second. He talks and he's like, well, if 90 is what it's going to take to make you happy, we'll do 90. And I was like, what? I could not believe it. Immediately weeping. I could not believe oh it. Oh my God. They didn't even try to negotiate. No, with you. they just no. went, you got they it. Just you should have asked you. for more. I know. And, and that's what's like, crazy. What the fuck? That's what's crazy. You could have been like a million. This, and I think that's like if you're a performer, <gasps> a lot of times you're like, well, I'm worth garbage, so I'll ask for garbage. Yes. Ugh, talk about it. Mm-hmm. And because it's so, I mean, we're so used to do, doing shit for no money. Mm-hmm. So it's like any sort of money. We're like, really? A whole dollar for me? Yes. I don't know. Cut it in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have scissors. Uh, yeah, yeah c- scissors. cut that in half and give me the other half of that dollar <laughs> bill when I earn it. <laughs> give me only like a fourth of it. So it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like. Well, good for you. So you're like, yeah, big, big boy move. Big, big First boy. big boy move was MTV. Big, big boy move was like asking for a sal, like mm-hmm. a big salary at this cool Sony oh, job. Well, well, that was the thing. Okay. So the, the, the Sony job was, it was cool on paper. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Well, talk to me about that. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I had like, I had a corner office, which is like the most like iconic symbol of like having made it in like any 80s finance movie. Yeah. Um, I also like was making like a, more money than I ever made. Yeah. Um, and but I after being there for like a few years, I realized what I called it was like uh, velvet handcuffs or like a velvet coffin. It's like it's very nice and warm and you can easily fall asleep for like three years to forever. Uh-huh. But you're also like, wait, I it's not bad. It's not overtly bad if it was overtly bad it would make me want to leave of course but it's like just soul destroying on a daily basis enough that you don't feel it until it's like two years and you're like why am i like noticeably sadder yes Um, it slowly chips away it slowly chips away which is which is a whole other Mm -hmm. yeah thing Mm -hmm. which i'd never experienced before sure uh and i was like i don't care about this job i'm not invested creatively in anything that i do there's like two people i work with that are like cool Everyone else, like, I don't care about. You know what I mean? So I felt right. very isolated. And, like, um, and that whole time was also when I was doing improv at mm. night. And that was like, oh, well, it's okay because I can do improv and that's fun. There's a community of, like, vibrant, young, creative people, blah, blah. But it wasn't, I was, like, completely leaning on that to, like, avoid facing the fact that this job was, like, terrible. Woof. And your day to day was, like, you actually did have to sit at your desk and edit, right? Like, yeah. that was, like, I was yeah. your deliverables were like doing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I mean, that is a drastic shift to go from someone who is like literally like New York city nightlife. You're, you're the creator. You're the person like creating these experiences and mm-hmm. like all this stuff to then sitting at a, yeah, like a, yeah, there was no creative input. Like even cause from DJing and like drawing and, and even at MTV, like I had more creative control over what I was doing. Yeah. And once I was at Sony, it was just like, okay, um, deadline, deadline, uh, we don't really care how you do it as long as the client approves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is which means very limited, like creative outside the box thinking. It's just like we're gonna template this thing because this is what you bought last time, and then interesting recreate that because it's corporate and like no one is paid to think too much beyond that. You know? Okay, so so you it was just very much like an execution job. Yeah, big okay. time, big time, big time. Mm-hmm. So your creative juices were not fulfilled. No, the but, little receptors. But because of improv, I was like sated. Like I, I didn't if I wasn't doing improv at that time I would have I would have clocked that feeling okay I think a lot faster so talk to me about the feeling where you're like two three years into this job and suddenly you're like feeling depleted the reality of like this job is hitting you what is yeah. that like it's it was shitty it was and it's also like a lot of it I was like okay um I am in this right <laughs> so when I first got that job my sister was like congratulations now here's what you have to do you have to save 30 percent of your income 
like don't don't just like immediately start spending big money shit on big things <laughs> because you have the money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I immediately yeah. moved into like the sweetest one bedroom <laughs> bachelor apartment in Williamsburg <laughs> that I had like truly for like three years. I was like, it was like Graham Avenue. It was like yeah. a really nice apartment. It was fucking baller. Yeah. I loved it. It was so expensive. Yeah. And like, uh, and I was like, and I was paying for it. And so like three years later, I was like, okay, I am kind of like ball and chained to this apartment. So right. what first thing I'm going to do is leave this apartment go to a cheaper place and then for like the next six months save money so that I can leave my um, Sony job. Dope. Um, that was my plan. Um, and at the time that I was doing that kind of, I was like on step four or five of that and then suddenly I got called in and got laid off at Sony. <gasps> no yeah. fucking way. <laughs> Which was even better because now I get sweet ass severance. Ooh, oh, great. Um, oh, that is great. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is great. But also, like, it was a total surprise to me. and Oh, my God. And I think it was it was also, like, so clear how unhappy I was there. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. Because also, like, I had this weird job where, like, it wasn't, I, no, it wasn't exactly clear who my boss was or what my responsibilities were. Because oh. I had someone hired me in, and then they got laid off. No. And then I, like, my boss, like, kind of soft became this other person, but never, like, formally. So, a, truly, a lot of my day was, like, sitting in that office, like, I downloaded like a Sega Genesis emulator on my computer and like would play video games all day long. And like, Dope. It, like it was, it was, that was the thing is like, that was another thing that made it hard to leave. Cause I was like, I'm truly getting paid to fuck off. Right. And like, um, why would I leave this? Right. You know what I mean? Well, that is, I mean, that's why I'm curious. Like, how did you weigh the pros and cons? Cause it's like, how do you leave that kind of job mm -hmm. where it's like, well, it is so cushiony and like, I have this sweet office and like, you know, what was what was the urge and desire there? Like, what were you seeking? It. I really just wanted like. I think part of it was like, okay, I could keep doing this, but like, why? Like, mm. what's the point? You know, and and I think that's like what. It's the same thing that that through how I lens like the drawing or the DJing thing is like if all right, I, I'm on path right now to do this. Mm -hmm. So if I continue, if this is like my career choice, it's like in 30 years, am I going to be okay that I spent 30 years doing this, you know? Wow. And for that, then like once you lens it like that, it's like, no, this working, like making like, uh, like DVD promo spots for Adele or like Incubus or whatever, like Derek trucks band, like, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're all like, okay, like, I don't, it's not scratching the itch. It's sure. fine. But like, if you're thinking like long game slash like, what am I spending my life doing? It like, I was like, I don't, I don't. It's not, it's not the thing I want to do. Soul sucking and not for me. Did you know what the thing was at the time, or were you just like, I know this isn't it? No, I think. But also, I think on a certain level, I always wanted to do comedy. I was just scared to fully commit to it. Yeah. Even until honestly, even until like 2016. Really. Like it wasn't until I came back from that Amsterdam Amsterdam job that I was like. I'm going to go on all on. Okay. All on well, after, so wh what happened after you you got fired? You're on severance. You're sort of chilling. Mm -hmm. And then this ab Amsterdam opportunity yeah, shows up? Yeah, so it was like this weird thing where I was like weirdly open. Like my lease for my apartment expired, so I was month to month. There you go. Um, I was not in a relationship. I was like, I bought this job, just let me go. So I was like literally just like untethered, floating around, being like, uh, what's my next thing? Yeah. And this audition came along. And I got it. And so, wow. so it was like, literally, I was like, well, this is, it feels like everything's pointing for me to go in this direction. Why wouldn't I? Sure. You know, like there's nothing keeping me here. So a hundred percent. So I did. Holy shit. Yeah. And what was it like living in Amsterdam for a year? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't well, remember my dude. Okay. Well, there's, there's several answers to that. Okay. Uh, I, w I will say that it was like, it was um, I would never not have done it, mm. but it was like the hardest, some of the hardest shit I've ever done. And it was also, I was also like incredibly unhappy for a lot oh, of it. No. Um, oh, but it was so, there was so many good things that came out of it okay. that I would never not have done it. You wow. know what I mean? Uh, because on paper it does sound pretty rad, but also like it's, you're very incredibly homesick. Uh, Holland is very white, mm. very white, yeah, 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 very, yeah. very white. Very white. And I had... <laughs> And I Barry White. Barry White. And oh, I had yeah. I also had never like lived outside of a country like you know, I live in I lived in like Brooklyn where it's like, oh, based I am Asian American, but like everyone in my immediate circle is like a lot of people are white. 
and, and like also I never like looked at my I, I would never like looked at myself as like a POC until I lived outside of America interesting. and was like and had that experience reflected back at me via how people would interact with me interesting you know oh so I mean? you felt like straight up people were racist mm, I wouldn't say like it was a lot more microaggression there's okay. the, uh, there's some racism but like not enough where it wasn't like like dramatic where I was like hate crime or anything but it was like I did feel it was enough that I like thought of myself differently. Oh fuck! You know? I'm so sorry. Yeah, but it was good. It was like it was like because I it it it, it was a catalyst for a lot of good things. Like mm. I started going to therapy there. Oh wow! Um, it made me also just the experience of doing it professionally made me understand that you could work professionally as a comedian, which yeah. I, I you know had no idea that that was even a thing. Sure. Um, what were you doing there? We did this show. Um, it was like a Second City style show. So it was like a sketch. Uh, sketch and short form improv show mm-hmm. uh, for mostly tourists. So like you do some sketches that you had like written and then like then you do some short form games and you do like audience interaction stuff and then there's like a break and then there's a second act uh, and then there's like a big uh, if you've ever seen a Second City show there's like mm-hmm. a big musical mm-hmm. opening like a bunch of callbacks at the end there's like blackouts and like yeah. um, uh, that was the show. Wow. And had you done sketch before? No. Wow. I didn't I had only done long form improv at that point. Oh my god. So you had to like learn how to do uh that. Yeah. And like well, I mean, yeah, I did. Uh but it was like you know, like you do a bunch of that. improv like you kind of have some of the the, the timing and cadence is a lot of it yeah. and like then you're just like, "Oh, when it's sketch, you have to learn how to land the joke and like set it up and like, you know, you're much more conscious about how you're walking the audience into like whatever the laugh is." Mm-hmm. Um so I learned a lot of that stuff um, and learned I, I like learned how to write for the first time. I never did that before. That's what's up. And then so that's when when I came back, I was like, OK, like this is doable. And also, like, I feel good because I'm excited to be back in America because I was super homesick. Aww. And like and so now I'm going to like just try to uh, I took like my friend um, Emily at Boom. Uh, they were like, I am not going to do a job. I'm never going to do another job that is not performing or writing. Wow. And I was like, that is so cool that I wonder if I can do that. Oh my God. Um, it was, there's, there's something like totally uncompromising and cool about it. I mean, I don't know, like who knows how, how I'm literally going is. to cry right now. That's insane. But it was very like, Oh, like you're doing that. Uh, I, could try to do that and like so that's what i had been trying to do since uh since i came back holy shit and you came back 2016 2016 yeah wow you came back and you went i'm going to yeah and luckily i had a lot of like savings from my corporate time in sony Mm -hmm. that like i'm kind of like dipping into Mm -hmm. like i'm not making sustainable money from just acting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but i am i do feel like it's not I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh, shit, I have to reevaluate. Great. Yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has that ever crossed your mind at oh, all? Oh, yeah, dude. All the time. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I get burnt out all the time. All the Constantly. time. Constantly. It's what's up. Overwhelmingly so. It's yeah. what's up. It's what's up. I mean, it's you're, you're like doing the audition thing. You're also doing the UCB performer thing. Mm-hmm. You're on... Now you're on Characters Welcome. Mm-hmm. You're still on Mod? Weekend, yeah. The, now you're on The Weekend. On the weekend yeah. You Did you ever do improv? Uh, UCB, no, I do Rumble Teaser. Rumble Teaser. But that's not like house team. You also had your own solo show mm-hmm. that is, had, uh, how long that was that run? Over. That is over. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, end. Uh, it ran, it ran in like uh, six months. So for six months. Okay. So like you were doing a lot. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been, I think that's why I'm burnt out right now. <laughs> yeah. You like hit the ground running. Yeah. I came back so hot. I came out like, I'm fucking doing this, like hit the ground running. I think I like went so hard the first two years. Yeah. And like now um, I'm like trying to slow down a little bit. Okay. For just for like self-care reasons. Well, how, well talk to me about that. What's going on? Um, it was just like I went, um, part of it is that like there's a lot, I'm a control freak. Mm, so there's a lot of anxiety it. in things you can't control and this career path is a hundred percent things you can't control it's only things you it's can't only control. things you can't control <laughs> it turns out right well so, <laughs> someone told me okay yeah. someone told me there's two things the only two things you can control one is how prepared you are and two is whether or not you give up Ooh. and that's it because everything else is like decisions made about you that you have no that have nothing to do half the time with your ability and just has to do with like the length of your hair you know yes. what i mean like is, is the, the the reasons why people get placed uh, uh, chosen or not or, or a cut or whatever from anything is like always like so arbitrary as to be like absurd. That's what's up. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's what's up. So do you feel like you have, you feel comfort in creating your own things and sort of like occupying time with other projects just to sort of like help buy you time to then like for the audition or like when that comes up or are you, are you thinking of yourself as like a multi hyphenate? Like I want to, you know, write and shoot a pilot and like maybe be a writer or like what is, you know, what's in your, what's in your noggin? I think it changes. I think like, cause when I first started, I was like, I don't know. So I'm going to do everything. So like, (laughs) or I'm going to try to do everything. So I like, I would audition for commercials. I wanted to audition for TV, but I didn't have an agent yet. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, I want to, uh, maybe I'll want to be an actor. So I guess I should take on camera classes. Uh, I want to do like sketch. So I should like try to do that and write and try to act in it. And like, you know, you don't know until I like, I was going, I I, like, uh, when I did get an agent, they would send me out for like theatrical so like stage and I was like I don't know I'll try that until I did a couple auditions I was like I don't like this <laughs> you know what I mean so it was like <laughs> I actually it, don't. I don't I don't like this <laughs> well because it's like when you audition for TV it's like if you have like an under five you're like your your lines are your audition you yes. know what I mean where it's like you go and you're like you're tea sir and that's your audition yes when you audition for stage they give you like the most gut-wrenching monologue moment from that entire play because they need to know if you can sell that oh my God. like night after night after night you know what I mean so yeah. like you would go in and like have to do this insane monologue where you like sometimes get on your hands and knees and are like screaming like against God. You know what I mean? You're just oh like, my ah. God. it's like truly like soul bearing <laughs> shit. And then I was like, what? I don't, I never want to do this. Like I want to do comedy. Like I want to make a haha. Yeah. I want to make, make a cry. haha. What am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I th- like, it took me a while to through like what, through finding out what I didn't want to do to find out what I do want to do. And so like now like when I first started, I was like, oh, God, if I could like book a commercial, like then I would be I would go to heaven. And now I'm like, I need to book a commercial because money. <laughs> but also <laughs> but but it's like not what I'm like dedicating all my focus on. I'm like, well, OK, what I do want to do is like be making things for me that uh, like things that I write mm-hmm. projects for me or projects for my friends or something that like I'm passionate about making. Mm-hmm. And um, and everything else like is is like helps that you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so it's like doing like mod or like characters welcome or like whatever those things are all like uh creating a skill set and letting you meet cool people um because it all I I also believe that like everything is everything like every like all the skills that you learn from like commercial acting are applicable to skills that you learn like in improv or in sketch or like when you write for yourself like Mm -hmm. that's all it's all the same pool of like generally like making things Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um so I think now yeah it's my goal is to like write right and make more things specifically for me that's what's up yeah. do you see yourself being like uh phoebe waller bridge or oh like a <laughs> uh or like is that or do you are you like honestly like if i get a recurring role in like a tv series fuck yeah it's on i, it, I don't know it's that's a good question it's also like i've been like actively avoiding like making my year-long goals that's what's up um <laughs> i hate these questions so what? i'm i'm asking them but i hate them yeah <laughs> i don't know how to answer them they're it's hard because like because it's because okay here's the also, other thing is that like anytime you're like yeah my goal is to be the next phoebe waller bridge you know like my <laughs> my goal is to make the next veep like you sound like a total shithead but also <laughs> the people who make the next veep are people who say i want to make the next veep Right, because they're speaking it into existence and right, whatnot. I right. mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Big Magic, Liz Gilbert. <laughs> I love that book. I love that book, too. I love that book, too. I love that book. I love that book, too. Elizabeth. She's, she was all about, like, have a day job till you truly can't. Uh, like, yes. she was, like, mm-hmm. she was published. She was published mm-hmm. with a capital P, mm-hmm. like, with Eat, Pray, Love, I think, or mm-hmm. something. And yeah, she, she either had did Eat, Pray, Love, or still? she did The Secret. I forget which one. Something. And she was, In like, my mind, those are the same book. <laughs> Right. Her as an author is like a whole other thing. But I feel like, you know, as an inspirational whatever um, symbol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, do you well, do you ever think about like, you know, the day job going back to that, like in a loose capacity? Are you chilling right now? I do. I do think about a lot just because I'm like, I need to like. I became Christopher Walken there for a second. I, I need money. <laughs> two little mice I fell into a butter churn. It's, so, like, uh, no, it's two little mice fell into a vat of milk. You ever see uh, 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 Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. Love that movie. When he's in the tub making the cash. Crazy. Oh, my God. Love that movie. Um, that was um, a really good Christopher Walken, also, I will say. Thank you. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, 
uh, I forget what we're talking about. We're day jobs. Day do jobs. we want? <laughs> do we need? Or I, I don't want. We don't want. But I, I also recognize that, like, if, unless I, like, you know, start booking at a certain rate mm-hmm. or like I'm the numbers you know the numbers are going to require it for sure for sure um okay so in terms of like I know we're nearing the end uh <laughs> it's the end of the road oh boys to men are here <laughs> um, all all members of all original members of boys to men are in there are in my throat yeah. <laughs> can you believe <laughs> they're just tugging at the little strings yeah, it's yeah. the sweetest thing yeah they're so small um yeah but uh the so for someone who let's say is like starting out and is you know looking to you oh my god. and it's like oh my god woody like you're my biggest fan oh like i god. literally like i'm your biggest fan <laughs> you're my oh my god can you're, i just say you are such I a fan of me you love me <laughs> and uh, you so love why don't you accept work. my friend on facebook <laughs> accept my friend yeah. that's right it's not I even a friend request friend. Accept, accept my friend, my friend. It's like find my phone, but except my friend. You okay, know what um, I mean. you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what would you say to someone who's starting out and is like, "How the fuck do I do this? <laughs> and like, what do I even do? Like, how do I navigate this?" Um, well, okay. Like, this is one thing. Yeah. Uh, I, which I think, which um, Nick Vitale told me, which oh. is very true. Uh, which is that people in general are very nice, and if there's anyone that you like, oh, I think they are like an aspirational person for me, then it's always okay to go up and be like, hey, um, I really respect you. I was wondering if I can like take you out for coffee and just like talk to you about career shit for like an hour. Almost every single person will be like, sure. Wow. You know what I mean? Almost no one will be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that, and that you'd be surprised like in terms of like, not even like people within UCB, but like, like if you saw like an actual actor or like film director or someone like that's like, Within reason, you know what I mean? Like, if you saw, all right, for example, um, if you saw someone who, like, uh, I don't know, maybe if you, like, know, like, uh, like a writer on SNL, like, mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, and you have some relationship to them. I think if you Facebook messengers like, hey, man, I know you're really busy, but, like, maybe sometime if I could get you a tea and just, like, talk about, like, what do I need to do in my career? Almost 95% of people will be like, sure, like, maybe not now, but, like, remind me later you know what i mean that's that is a real thing that like uh that he told me i was like yeah and i have done many times i'm sure and it's worked out emailed people and be like hey i mean people that i like kind of know a little bit right 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 but i feel like anytime when you genuinely reach out to someone's like hey i have something to ask you like how did you do this um most people will like be like let me tell you because it's crazy and no one there's no path to any of this and all you can do is like tell all i can do is tell you what worked for me Right. A hundred percent. I mean, I guess it's like when you think about yourself, like if someone were to reach out to you and was like, hey, Woody, like, can we meet up? You'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, mm-hmm. right. Like you would want, you would be fine. It depends how I knew them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if there was some rando ass person that I'd never met before, I'd be like, oh, well, hold on. Who are you? Hold on a sec. But if it was um, like someone I had like done a show with or whatever, like, you know, met like in some, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all relative. Like you, at the end of the day, you got to judge like what is okay or not for sure for sure for sure yeah i mean like be safe everybody don't don't yeah we're a condom (laughs) we're a condom and we're a female condom (laughs) a lady condom and don't meet up with strangers (laughs) um it's the end okay so so but actually last question (gasps) for for sure for sure last question um is um when you are having um uh days that are a little bit harder maybe mm-hmm. like you're trying to like get a boner for this shit and i know it's like hard. that's like what i like saying that i now. do want to fuck this shit you want to fuck this shit and you know and, and but it's some days it's hard it's hard to be like i'm so grateful that i have the opportunity to mm-hmm. be a creative in new york like all the things that people think that your life is mm-hmm. that it actually like how do you how do you cope and how do you deal with that stuff and what are ways that make you feel better it's hard because i think part of me like i'm burnt out right now and i think part of it is i'm like you just gotta like take time for you and have an artist day and all that stuff but also i think there's a lot to be said for just disciplining your way through it and being like i'm every day i'm gonna get up at 7 a.m and just write for an hour and then go back to sleep you know or whatever the thing is that you're gonna like make yourself do because it's just like going to the gym right you know like i think it it ultimately depends what works for you but i've tried i think experiment you know what i mean because i have been like if i write for 45 minutes every morning at 7 a.m. because that's the only time I don't have any obligations and can like just like write. Um, I get a lot of writing done, but also I hate it. Mm. I totally hate it. You mm-hmm, know, because I mean? I'm like mm-hmm. I want to go to sleep. But like, um, 
so I think it's up to it's I think it's what works for you. Some people like if you respond well to discipline, then like create some kind of schedule like that and then make yourself accountable to someone. Sure. Um or if you're like I'm just burnt out, you know what? I'm going to like what I really need is to like take a week off and like go somewhere yeah. or like be with my friends or whatever. Like it's at the end of the day you know what is good and works and is nourishing for you. That's you know what's what up. I mean? Um do you have a schedule that you Yeah, I kind of yeah. Not really. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Whatever. But I think... Neither I does Phoebe Waller-Bridge. How about that? She, she has, writes when yeah. she's inspired. Mm-hmm, which which is must be all the fucking time. Yeah. Because she, she turns out so she much destroys. work. But, but I think, in answer to your question, a lot of it is just um, talking to people. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. people that are your peers or who you aspire to be where they're at, whatever, it's like just talk to them and being like, hey, this uh, this is really bad. Like, I feel shitty. Um you know what should i should i just like is this idea i'm working on a piece of garbage or you know what i mean like yeah. a lot of it's just getting feedback because especially if you write it's just you're in this super tight myopic tunnel vision a hundred percent you're so in your own head mm-hmm. and like you're it, only in your own you're only in your head you're only in your head and you need that feedback from other people to help and like and not only feedback on your work just like hey how are you mm-hmm. like a conversation with someone else yeah. can totally help because because um, uh, you have those days where like the only person you talk to are like service industry people <laughs> and you're like wait a minute i haven't had a conversation <laughs> All day. I haven't talked to another person. In like any real way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Or you've been talking to all the characters in your head and you're mm-hmm. just like, ha, 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 ha. Like, yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah. Um, you need to have a real human being talk. Yeah, you need someone. to have a real human being talk with someone. Um, Jesus. Well, Woody, wow. We're, wow. th- th- you know, it's it's almost six. Oh, you know, my God. What it is. Oh, my God. Um, Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. For doing Cammie. it. Ugh, any any like last words <laughs> before <laughs> before the end of the podcast? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Happy um, birthday. Happy <laughs> 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 it's just like when you panic. <laughs> is it your <laughs> birthday? Are you? In, am I? Did I miss this? Um, no, no. Uh, uh. Do you, uh, do you do you love doing this podcast? Yeah, I really do enjoy yeah. it. It's so fun because I get to talk to my friends mm-hmm. and shit we already talk about, but like with a microphone. Mm-hmm. How fun is that? That's great. It's like all the things I love into one. I feel like I was an outlier because I don't actually have a job. Whereas th- you do though, uh, but you also have a cool experience of having had a corporate job and mm-hmm. leaving it to pursue creative things. Mm. And I think that's a cool perspective to have too. Got it. Good. Yeah. I, I, I needed to be reassured that I was adding something to the conversation. Here for it. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Whoa, 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 Woodman. Woodman. I mean, hello. Jeez, that was pretty awesome, right, folks? I mean, I loved it. Um, Woody Foo is the best. Um, that was a pretty great episode, if you ask me. And you can you can check out his stuff on the internet where the people are. Um, he has a website, woodyfoo.com. He's on Instagram, woodyfoo, W-O-O-D-Y-F-U. Uh, Twitter is woodrowfoo. He got a shout-out from Lin-Manuel Miranda. So you could just see that. It's on his website, too. You can check it out. Um, he performs regularly at UCB, Mod Night, Characters Welcome, Rumpel Teasers. You can go see him live in real time. Um, he's doing all the things, all right? Uh, so that's pretty amazing. You can also listen to this podcast every Monday, How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova on Apple, on Spotify, on a bunch of other platforms, I think. I, yeah. Um, great. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Have an amazing week.